Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. So as you know, today our society is extremely visual. It has countless demands that call upon our eyes. Screens, paperwork, and driving is a modern day way of life. We have come to accept that many people wear glasses, just to start off the bat. Safety protocols and eye protection pretty much is just a basic standard now in the workforce to keep loss of sight from happening. Even aging with diminished eyesight that we know just happens is not like it was in the past. However, to be born blind is not very common. I remember one person in my life who I had known who was born blind from my high school years. He could amazingly play the piano like I've never seen improv and all that, and the Lord even gave him a great voice to go with it. I mean, very talented. Maybe technology will fashion a synthetic eye someday to remove such blindness. There is no struggle with seeing when born blind. Life is just before darkness. And that is a very hard thing for us to even grasp. When Jesus gave a sight to a man born blind, though, it was a physical miracle, and that was just the start of it. Our text today is part of a larger picture. You thought the reading was long. Well, this actually covers several chapters prior to in the book of John. Jesus was at the Feast of Tabernacles. And if you remember, that was about remembering Israel's wandering in the wilderness. And it was there at that feast that Jesus would stand up and he would say, I am the light of the world. After leaving the temple now, he would come out and he would see this man, blind man. The miracle, of course, was an act of mercy. He was a beggar. But also a great witness in the sight of all the Jews who had just denied Jesus. Because he basically said, I'm God in the temple. As we have heard about Lent, past couple of weeks about being a baptismal, pre-baptismal season, preparing for that as you get towards Easter, it also had that significance, that impact of trying to show new Christians who were to be baptized, they were moving from literally darkness to light, or from blindness to see. To see life differently because of God's grace that had been worked by the gospel, and that would be worked in baptism in the gospel. And so open eyes to see Jesus is the gift of God 
And it's far better than eyes wandering in darkness. So those seen, Jesus said, were to have eyes left in complete and utter blindness. Questions were to come over it all, but what kind of cost did it come to that man is a big part of our text today. If you notice the reading, Jesus was at the very beginning, seven verses, and at the end, a few more verses, but the most of the part was all about the man and what he had to face, what he had to see. After washing and receiving sight, he returned home. And of course, I mean, you can play with this and take a whole sermon up and say it must have been glorious to just see leaves on trees, to be able to see all these things. It must have just been overwhelming. Such a miracle, though, was less celebrated by the people and his neighbors at home. And more questions over how this even was possible. Eyes being opened finally put the man before the Pharisees to judge the situation. What is this about? All of it was being called a hoax until the parents arrived speaking the truth. They were there. There's no one better to talk to. They admitted his blindness was from birth, but abandoned their son seeing the cost too high to speak of Jesus. Fear, as you know, remains a blinding power still today, seeking to regulate and bury God. And any evidence of the gospel that would be good for our lives, we'll bury it in all the talk we want today. As long as it keeps us from Jesus and saying that in a bold way. Now, also, contempt and rejection also came against the blind man, right? The second time before the Pharisees was less about the facts and more about accusations. The Pharisees were masters at labeling people. We know about that a little bit today in politics. And they labeled him, Jesus, a sinner. And to associate with such a man, with that kind of a title gave every reason to cast out the man that now could see. It was a trap. Their judgment returned to the same question, a little differently, though, that disciples asked at the beginning of the whole story, right? They asked the question, who sinned, Jesus? Because that's what they thought sin came from. All right? Someone did something that deserved it. But the Pharisees, they took it a top notch more, right? It was ammo against the truth, against Christ that they saw and they heard before them, they used that as leverage. The man was worse off now that he did see. For you were born in utter sin, they said, and you would teach us. This is the defensive position that comes easy to us as sinners to judge and seek justification by our efforts and not find it in the grace given in Jesus. All the other efforts can seem good to justify, but again, it keeps a distance from Christ as Lord. Denial of Christ leaves only guilt of judgment to see. Since the blind man was removed, the light of Christ no longer 
could shine before those people. It left the Pharisees to wander only in darkness without God's grace. Instead of being receptive, the world's Savior gave his verdict. If you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say we see, your guilt remains. And so rejection is a big thing in the book of John, the Gospel of John. And rejection is not God's desire, for his word always says, as you heard today from Isaiah, hear, you deaf, and look, you blind, that you may see. Fault belongs to how man wants to see things without God and his gospel. As the light promised for any in Jesus Christ. And so our Lutheran fathers say of this kind of rejecting by people. And there's many kinds of artificial light today that seem to be helpful, but it's not the true light. And so they say about this rejecting, they heard the word of God not to learn, but only to despise, blaspheme, and ridicule it. And they resisted the Holy Spirit who wanted to work within them, as was the case with the Pharisees. And so blindness with eyes opened is a great gift of God's grace. Not to be left in blind judgment over life, death, and hell. The miracle of Jesus' word gave sight. A blind man heard, he received, and he went to wash in the pool of Siloam. And if you notice in the gospel text, it says Siloam means sent. And that's kind of like a footnote. That's not Jesus saying those words. That's John kind of telling you what it really means. And so to wash in those waters came by the word of the one who was sent by the Father. It wasn't the Siloam, a healing place for people. It was Jesus saving grace that had come as the one sent. The miracle of physical eyesight let him return home, but this is the big thing. It changed everything. He was a sent one, carrying the light of Jesus Christ into his life, and so are you when washed by the waters of baptism. Everything changed. As Jesus revealed, for judgment I came into this world that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. So, as we know, we were born into darkness as sinners, unable to see the truth or, frankly, change anything about it. That's how blind we are. And yet Jesus has rendered his judgment to our blindness by water and God's word as a gift. It reminds me of a freshener in Minnesota who always is like, we are so fortunate not to be in those countries where they don't know Jesus. You're just born not only to be a sinner, but you're born completely blind to even the gospel. Suffering shines then as a light of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. This is what the seeing blind man had to come to terms with before his life. 
He didn't know how good he really had it, even though he already had eyes to see some stuff, but he didn't realize how, how much seeing he really was given. Whether from neighbors or a tribunal of Pharisees, he kept a bold witness, though, all the way through it. He just kept saying, I don't know, but I do know this. A man made me sing. I washed, and this is what happened. His word did what it said. As he confessed before the questions over how this was impossible, it all kept pointing back, right, to Jesus. And so St. Paul also reminds us as the baptized, as you heard today, for at one time you were in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. The blind man was walking. He might have been walking a little bit like, you know, trying to get his bearings about what he's doing. Maybe he got, maybe, maybe he got lost going home. I don't know. But the reality is, is that as he was growing through his suffering of what he was seeing, of this, this animosity against Jesus, it led him to discern life in a very unique way. Labeled sinners with Jesus might look differently today, though, right? You're a bigot. You're a person who puts God in place of what we know of all our knowledge. This is the problem. But it's better than all the glorified ways of man that are against God and that wonderful grace. Jesus' death and resurrection opened our eyes to his love that took away this kind of guilt and shame that, frankly, everybody is not blind to that reality, but they try every way to justify it and cover it up. Every way until you can't get out of the reality of finally death itself. And so, instead of hypocrisy, there is new life born not in sin, but out of Christ that made you his disciples. That's a big thing, to be able to see things differently and to interpret what that means before life. And so confessing Jesus sees him as the Lord before our lives. What seemed to grow dimmer one way only grew brighter in another way. Don't forget that in these days we live in. One question did come to that man that was not like the others, and it was a question that had a great answer. Faith in the Son of Man, Jesus would give to him by his word. You already said, same thing he said to the Samaritan woman. It's he who is speaking to you. And so the light of the world present left only true worship of God to confess, Lord, I believe. It's kind of what happened after the resurrection when everybody was doubting behind locked doors and Thomas finally sees Jesus and that light cast out his darkness and, he's, and he said, my Lord and my God. This is what Jesus does by his grace with his wonderful light. And so before our life, Jesus brings good news to see the Father's will is given to us in his Son. There's no better place, no more other sanctuary, religious place to find God but through Jesus Christ. And he comes and greets us today.
by word and sacrament, we fall down and worship Jesus without fear of the darkness. Your darkness as a sinner, your darkness that you face in the world, your darkness that we all die. We're not blind. Christ is risen. And we still celebrate that in Lent. You can say it pretty soon. Don't worry. In the weariness of Lent, the fourth Sunday is also known as Latare Sunday or Sunday to rejoice. It's kind of like the pink candle for Advent. And some churches pull out pink vestments. It would be kind of a lighter shade of, of purple, I guess. I'm not a color person. But, but, but nonetheless, you get the point. It's, it's kind of like that point that we're over the, the long part. Now we're starting to come down towards Holy Week. Rejoice! We spoke of this refreshment in the introit. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. The crucified Lord is the Son of Man, a tent to hide in God's love, justified and given to us in Jesus, who is risen from the dead. He will come again in glory to remove all the darkness we got to deal with it. we got to stumble through it, but you have the life. Saved from sin, death, and satanic lies, the light of Christ goes with you into this world. People will see you. Some good, others not so well. But it's the Lord that we see. And so don't forget this. Last week we celebrated St. Patrick's Day, right? I had some beer. It's always fun to have. Give a reason to have that on St. Patrick's Day. And, you know, he was a man who knew about having eyes opened by the gospel like that blind man. You might know his story on slavery um, as a youth. He was taken from Britain by the pagans to have to be a slave in Ireland. Only upon his freedom, he later returned to that land as a missionary of Christ to be in that darkness. Whether it was sight given to a blind man to confess Jesus, a 5th century bishop to look upon going back to serve a bunch of pagans who literally destroyed his early years of life, or how Jesus by baptism worked his miracle on us to see life Far differently, on this fourth Sunday of Lent, opened eyes is the gift of God by the gospel. And that is, my friends, far better, how much better, than eyes that only wander in darkness. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you always. Amen. Oh,